I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon, the news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tara Palmieri, and this is Somebody's Gotta Win. I just finished watching the GOP debates from the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, and I'm about to go into the spin room. That's where staffers for the candidates try to convince us reporters that their candidate won the debate. What I saw was a complete shit show with candidates shouting over each other in a thirsty attempt for more time and the ability to prove their fight. But if the point of the debate was to find one candidate who could rise up victorious above the pack and take on Trump, that didn't happen tonight. And with each passing debate, it's feeling increasingly unlikely that it will ever happen. Sure, some of the candidates performed better than others, or at least showed better performance in the last debate in Milwaukee. Like Nikki Haley, who probably had the most command of all the people on stage and was able to really lay some punches on the candidates. And Tim Scott, He actually showed up this time, ready to fight, and show that he was able to dominate the stage. Ron DeSantis, he seemed to have dropped some of his weird tics, his agitations on stage. I'm not sure that his performance was that much better, but eh, he's a little bit more likable. But is it really enough? Maybe enough to win over some anti-Trump donors so they can carry on for a few more months on the campaign trail until Iowa? But it certainly did not help winnow the field around one candidate's take on Trump. No, that definitely didn't happen. It all just helps Donald Trump, who again seemed to win by not showing up. Okay, I'm gonna go walk into the spin room now. So I'm in the spin room right now and I'm listening to Ron DeSantis's uh, spokesperson, spinmeister, whatever you wanna call him. He goes it to the voters. Governor DeSantis shows up. He gets the job done. He's not afraid to defend his record. It's the best part about him. And and that's why he had a really strong debate tonight defending that record. You guys are with the Chris you guys are with Christie campaign? Yes. Okay. What's your name? Mike. Oh, oh Mike, it's Tara Palmieri. Oh hi Tara. How are you? Oh my god, we went to the same. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um so uh, what did you think about that truth social post that came out? After the debate. I think it showed that Donald Trump is really only concerned with one person who could beat him. He's concerned with Chris Christie. Uh, Christie's under his skin. So I found Alex Thompson in the spin room. You probably remember him from the last debate. We did a wrap up. And, you know, the reason I picked Alex out of the crowd of many, many reporters is because he's kind of a baddie in D.C. I mean, he's the kind of guy who would write that Joe Biden wears sneakers and is currently getting physical therapy so that he doesn't trip. And believe it or not, that causes heads to spin in Washington. I can tell you, um, I heard a lot, a lot, a lot of complaints about it. And, you know, it's, it's something like, it's so incredible the way this town works where you would think that is just like the most, you know, basic story that you could write. And yet it would cause so much pain and grief. And that's why I love Alex Thompson. He reports about fear or favor. 
Well, that's a very flattering introduction. I guess it's just like, if it's true, then whatever. I don't know. Like, if, if people are <laughs> going to troll you on Twitter, then, uh, but if it's, but the reason they're mad is because it is true. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like democratic establishment. Yes, yes. Yeah. Furious. Yes. How dare you point out? Yes. Now, I also want to say that since I know this is a debate wrap up podcast, but like, if Fetterman's wearing shorts and Biden is wearing sneakers, do I need to even wear a jacket anymore? Like, do I need to wear loafers? Am I good? I mean, I feel COVID ruined it for everyone, right? I don't. I still don't think we're out of the athleisure era of that COVID. Block. Okay, yeah. so I can't just so. like show up in like a t-shirt and rip. No, jeans I think you can. To the White I, House. I, I still think to I, the White you, House though. I mean, it, I mean, they're, the White House pointed out very clearly that they all wear sneakers there, not just Joe Biden uh, in response to that story. So I think you could probably get away with, uh, um, you know, t- tennis shoes, jeans, maybe like, a, you know, short sleeve button up. Got it. OK, well, on, we're moving on from fashion. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> to the debate, which... Uh... It was. It had some high moments, had some low moments, but on the whole, I would say it was just like very messy, kind of a snooze. Um, what were the high moments? <laughs> I mean, there were really no high moments. I mean, there was just like moments of intensity. Yes. And kind of like, there were a few moments that made me just like either, well, cringe. There was a lot of cringy moments. I mean, I thought the most cringe of all really belonged to Fox News when they asked people to vote someone off the island at the end. They asked all the candidates to write a name of who they wanted to not be on the debate stage. And it just felt like, you know, I think people have commented that with these debates, they increasingly, politics does increasingly seem like a reality television show. And now we're actually doing reality television show gimmicks in presidential debates. And it just, it, it, it was gross. I actually was sort of glad the candidates didn't do it. They didn't take the dip. They didn't take the bait. Honestly, I really was grossed out by that Mike Pence uh, line about how he how his, he sleeps with his wife, who's a, a teacher. And then... Even like, like, but he was following up on Chris Christie's line, which is that Joe Biden sleeps with a teacher union member, and yeah. it, he was just talking Jill about, the, Doctor, yeah, yeah, like he was talking about like how the first lady is a member of the NEA, but it was like it's just corny it's just, as it's, hell, it's a, man. It's a cringy way of <laughs> it's a cringy way of saying it, like the president sleeps with somebody. It made it sound like nefarious, uh, where it's like, yeah. uh, you no. know, it's just I don't know. It it was odd, and yes, like, and then Pence you know, use the exact same language. He's like, yeah, I do sleep with a teacher. It's just like, and also, does that address the mother question? (laughs) 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 Unclear, unclear. Yes, I sleep with a teacher and I call her mother. Yeah, yeah. So it is as pens move past mother. Um, Okay, well, there are winners and there are losers, whether it was cringy or not. I mean, um, let's give them Olympic gold medal. Okay, we can do it. I don't really feel like anyone deserved a gold medal for that for that performance, but I felt like the person with the most command of the stage was Nikki Haley by far. Uh, well, I will. Thankfully, last time we just agreed on everything, so I'll disagree and give my oh. gold to Donald Trump. How dare you? Um, oh, Donald sorry. Trump! He wasn't on the stage. 
Um, I said on no, the stage. I know it's a gimmick, but it, but it, <laughs> but it, there are no rules. So this is the second this oh, is the second minute. time. But like the the winner the winner of this debate was Donald Trump, right? Uh, because uh, because no one really stood out. Like the dynamics of the race coming in after DeSantis has slid is that like is that it's Trump versus everybody else, and no one else did enough to make this a two man race, which is the one thing Donald Trump does not want this to be because the field does consolidate against one person. It's the only way Trump could lose. Right. That's fair enough. Okay. So I think that Nikki won the debate, but she didn't come up victorious enough to be the one challenger to take on Donald Trump. Yes. And it'll be interesting. You know, it'll be really interesting to see. She's doing a bunch of fundraisers in California to try to finish out the quarter. It'll be really interesting to see if donors have started lining up um, behind her, given that she has done really well. I think she's the only person probably that... Uh, has is going to meddle in both debates, right? Um, because she was good last time, she was good this time. Even when like Tim Scott went went at her, she she had that that bring it Tim yeah. sort of attitude. Like she was just like quick on her feet. And then there was the good uh, Vivek singer. She just gets a lot of time, yes. and she's poised, yeah. and she shows command, and she's kind of like a little sassy, bitchy. You know, <laughs> I like it though. I mean, I'm not saying that in a like derogatory like you know, feminist sexist attack. Uh, I think it's like, okay, she's showing she's got some metal. And I think there's always like a subtle question with a woman is like, is she going to be tough enough on the world stage next to Putin? Is she going to be able to stare down she? And like, she keeps trying to prove that over and over again. But like, can you also just stare down Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott and all the other people on the stage and show that you might have the ability to take on Trump? Yet she didn't mention Trump's name once. That's interesting. And it's different from last time because last time she attacked Trump for increasing the deficit and for not like keeping the fiscal cost in order. And also it was interesting because on television lately, she's been saying that Trump w- could be erratic and stuff. So I don't think she's completely shying away during the campaign. But it, it, I think to your point, she was focused on the people that were on the debate oh. stage with her, not Trump. Right. Um, Silver. We have to rank them. Okay. I yeah. know you gave... So are you going to give Nikki Haley silver? Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah, I, I am. So... <laughs> Fair enough. So on my ranking, which includes only people on the stage, I would say... Mm, I think... I mean, if the if the expectations were low and that's what it's based on, probably Tim Scott for actually showing up. Yeah, I think I think that is the right choice. Like Tim Scott... But I don't think it's going to cause any needles to move yeah, for him. I mean, Tim Scott's campaign heard the criticism loud and clear that he's too nice. Like, they, they've been hearing it from donors. They've been hearing from voters. Like, good guy, too nice. And he's never going to attack anyone. And he was, like, on the offensive early. He, like, picked a fight mm. with Vivek early. He picked a fight with Nikki Haley. And some sort of interesting backstory there is because Nikki Haley, I believe, is the governor that appointed him senator. She was, yeah. And there's sort of, like, big sister, little brother energy between right. them. And you could see it when he you know, went at went at her. It was always going to be awkward. And it, if they continue to stay on the debate stage, which I doubt they'll make it to South Carolina, both of them. But if they did, it will be awkward. I mean, losing in your own state, that's kind of a... Well, and Tim Scott really needed to do well in this debate because it's possible he may not qualify for the third debate. They've yeah. already been sort of lobbying lobbying the RNC to sort of change the rules for to qualify for the debate because he's not polling very high in national polls. And so he really had to come out and and, and it was interesting, like... I was talking to one of his people in the spin room right afterward and I asked for the headline and essentially it was like, Tim Scott knows how to fight. 
Um, yeah. So that that was clearly what they were trying to message. And interestingly, the Vex person, the message they were trying to send is like, Vivek's a really humble guy. Yeah, he's really not the smartass you thought he was at the first debate, right? <laughs> yeah. um, also, Tim Scott doesn't shave. I... <laughs> is that supposed to make him look bold and hard? Don't shave? Little goatee action? I did, you know, I did sort of want... I mean, because nothing's by accident in like these appearances. And it, it was just... But it was just enough that it enough wasn't... Enough trouble. Yeah, it was like... A, it was gray, <laughs> right? And so it was... Show age. Yes. <laughs> because, listen, he looks great. Because he's 57. He looks yeah. awesome for his age. Right. And he uh, doesn't have a girlfriend, so it kind of makes him... Or or a wife. So maybe people perceive him as young, unex- inexperienced. Yes. Not having to uh, be able to test the many uh, trials of life that come with relationships and family. Families, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, now he's the grizz- grizzled fighter. Oh, yeah. That was, that was clearly... He's tough as hell, yo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, fine. So we're giving him... I'm I, giving him uh, a silver and you're giving him a bronze? Is yeah, that I'm, giving, I'm, I'm giving bronze. Does that mean I have to give... Who should I give bronze to? This is hard. I guess I still feel like Ron DeSantis like, was not great, but he was... It's hard. I mean, he's like uninspiring on the stage. But you, was, you think so? Yeah, I don't know. I also just think that smile at the end that he does—that's obviously been taught to him by a coach—is a little creepy. Um, yeah, there was like—I think there was a report at the beginning of the campaign where they had the internal debate footage from his 2018 debates, and then be nice, be, be likable. I think, be likeable, like, they, yeah. and you know, when Matt you have Gates to, wrote that for him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like right on the top of the paper, be likable, and you can sort of tell, like he's like. I don't know. You gotta. I, I feel in some of those cases, like you also just gotta be you. And like he's not like a smiley dude. Yeah, he just just be like hardcore the whole time and don't actually smile. Um, I don't know. He seemed like he seemed flat footed in the fights with with Nikki. I mean, I think I actually think Ramaswamy's performance was not as authentic. So I would I wouldn't give him the bronze, but. Um, if yeah, he, the first debate was the authentic side. And yeah. clearly they decided it was like a little too authentic. Well, because his unfavorables went up so much, right? They probably yeah. thought that was this is the way to counter the unfavorables. So um, maybe that's the case. I guess like from know-it-all to like hardworking student. But I feel in some ways it was like... I don't know. It, it it felt like a little bit like an overcorrection. But, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not the audience. Like, uh, you know, he's trying to get, you know, nice... Uh, old voters in Iowa to to vote for him, and you know, and there's something to be said, like if, you know, that sort of, you know, that Pete Buttigieg, that's Pete Buttigieg's style, you know, a little bit more like hardworking or in a student rather like than like I'm your nephew, yeah. vote for me, yeah. I'm your smartest <laughs> nephew ever, yeah, yeah, the one who never forgets your birthday and brings you nice things, yeah, yes. totally, yeah, I guess you need those people in Iowa, right? Yeah, and I, well, I think I think you know that you know it was trying to Mayor Pete himself a little bit, I think, right. Um, would you give him the bronze if you didn't include Trump, who obviously is the winner and it will probably be the nominee? If there's anything I've learned from this debate, <laughs> is that Trump will be the nominee, probably, most likely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why, despite you giving me a hard time, that's why I gave him the gold. Okay. It didn't, uh, but, but I, I, I mean, the one thing I will say Who do you think performed better, DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy? Uh, Vivek. Uh, you do. You do. Okay. Fair enough. Well, just, I mean, he was in the mix. I don't know. I think like, DeSantis had a, a a really rough like two or three months at the very mm. beginning, and this is no longer the two man race mm. that it was, mm. and he did nothing to capture that back. 
no, he's not the the like the top of the tent pole or whatever. You know, yeah. he's not. So you're right. Maybe he doesn't deserve it. I'm just trying to, you know, throw him a bone. I mean, it's not really. I think and for like, no reason at all, by the way. <laughs> but your point, your point's well taken. I think DeSantis probably had a better performance. Yeah, but better performance because of expectation game. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone thinks Vivek will be the nominee. But like DeSantis at one point did have like a chance, like a real chance to like potentially be the nominee, and he has much less of one now. And I think it's like an opportunity cost. Okay. First person to drop out of the race besides Doug Burgum. Um Tim Scott because he doesn't qualify. Mike Pence because he doesn't qualify. Well, they they have money, so that's the hard part. They don't qualify for the next debate. That's what I meant. Yeah, I mean, originally it was gonna be Nikki Haley, right? Like everyone because she had real finance problems. Like and like the old saying goes, it's like campaigns candidates don't drop out, they run out of money. Right. And Tim Scott has a lot of money. I mean, Mike Pence has the least amount of money and is probably mm. the most likely. But the thing is, like, Mike Pence is almost, I, I, I sort of feel like, he's like ra- running for his own sense of pride after mm. Trump sicked his own supporters on he's him. He's basically running for his legacy, essentially. Yeah, and I think he's just like, I just got to get to Iowa. And like, if I have to just like drive my own car, like, I mean, you can. You really don't need a big campaign. They have super no. pack money. I also, but the funny thing about it is like, it's not funny, but if you really are doing this for your legacy at every turn, you just keep getting confronted with the Trump administration and like the failures of it. And then you have mm-hmm. to own up like for to questions. Like he was asked about, what was he asked about? Obamacare and how yeah. it's so popular and how Trump had said that he was going to repeal Obamacare and he didn't do it. Like you're a part of that administration. You have to answer for all the failures of the Trump administration plus January 6th. Just get, keep getting hit on every, yeah. every, every which way. So I don't know. And this what is, makes it worse is that all the people write a that book, really... Mike Pence. <laughs> you did. You oh, clearly shit. didn't read no it. No one read it. Did you? <laughs> no. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but it was, so help me God. I'm sure it's on Amazon or... Uh, that sounds about uh, yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. like the right title for his book. Yeah. Yeah. And probably for the end, the last words of the end of his campaign. So help me God. Okay. All right, so massive loser. Massive loser. Doug Burgum out, obviously, but besides him. I mean, I did think, I think Mike Pence didn't have like the, the best night because I'd say the two biggest losers would be like Mike Pence and Chris Christie. Like Chris Christie seemed like all he wanted to do was like get on the stage and call Donald Trump Donald Duck. And that then, was so lame. That was, <laughs> I put that in maybe top cringe moment after the sleeping thing. Which one? Yes. Top cringe? Yeah. The what? Is oh. it the cringiest moment of the debate, maybe? I mean, yeah, the sleep, like, if we were doing that, like, the the survivor question, the sleeping with your wives. And weird. then Donald Duck. And Donald Duck. It was, yeah. pretty, it was pretty brutal. And, oh, uh, God. And, and Christy was there for two of them. So, but it just seemed he wanted to get on stage and, like, call Trump a coward. And the rest of it, he's like, I don't care. Honestly, if I didn't do this for a living, I don't think I could have watched that whole thing. I, I really wanted to shut uh, it off. I mean, I don't know... What voter was going to be watching that debate after f- the first 45 minutes? At some point, they were just yelling at each other, too. Just at the same time, just like... And then I, they, they drowned out Vivek, so he couldn't speak, which I think was an effective tactic in a weird way. They're cl- clearly, everyone is now... Uh, every candidate is like, oh, we can, like, we can attack him? Like, they, they yeah. was, like, a little bit of... It, it wasn't just strategy. There was delight. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, trying to just, like, not knock him off. He was an easy one. He's an easy one to attack. I still think... It, it amazed me that Nikki Haley came out unscathed. Like, they just won't touch her. And I was texting with someone uh, with one of the camps being like, why won't you go after Nikki? She's being brutal. The fangs are out. She is just clawing the fuck out of everyone here. And... They were like, she's a woman. And that's such a ridiculous bias. But it's like, 
it's amazing. And it just kind of also just gives you insight into like the GOP's thinking. Like they're probably all just like fucking scared that there's a woman on the stage next to them. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that's interesting. I guess like I mean, that's been a concern in democratic politics too, but it wasn't as much of an issue in 2020. But obviously, like the famous there's been some famous ones where like Hillary Clinton thought that her Senate candidate like came over in an aggressive way, mm. right? Like back in like 2000. But it's interesting that like they're they're the Republicans are scared of being called sexist. Yeah. I don't know because a lot of Republicans I I know seem to not care about being called sexist. Okay. Maybe. I have no I idea. Know. But it just it just seemed to me like, why wouldn't you guys go after her? Unless I mean, they're afraid of what she's gonna say back. She has I mean, been the sharpest possible. tongue and she's got the quickest yes. like responses. Well, and, and you saw that with Tim Scott, right? I think Tim, like Scott got like uh was was capable in a few of the other exchanges, but you know, he was using this sort of very complicated curtain controversy from like 2017 that Which no one Which they remembers. had a correction, a massive correction in the New York 100%. Times about it. Like I'm pretty sure the reporter like lost their job over it. I'm not even sure. Well, that's what happened. He right? no longer works the New York Times. We're not sure about that. But the fact yes. is that like that was a big scoop at the time. But then they had a massive correction saying it was the, the it was the Obama administration that actually ordered these curtains. But it's you know yeah. And the way that she gate. she just like brushed him off. I thought was yeah. She's like you're an uninformed. Like you know you're, yeah. you're grasping at straws. She's definitely the best debater. Yeah. I th- yes. But I don't think... And that might make donors give her money, which means she might last longer. Yes. I think, like... I mean, the name... You know, you asked earlier, who's the first candidate to drop out? I mean, Doug Berger, maybe, but also he has money, too. So, so I he think might not, yeah. The real question is, how many of them drop out after Iowa? Yeah. And that's that's what's going to happen, is that, like, you could see, basically, this debate stage go from seven to two. Yeah. Uh, right after Iowa. Right, right, right. But that's a while from now. That's months. Yes, and at least one debate. Probably two. So we're going to have another debate with like six people again, you think? Miami so five or next, six, yeah. Next month. Because it's possible that Burgum and Tim Scott and Mike Pence... So you could actually have four. Uh, it's possible that... But we don't know. So we're real. Yeah, it's this will continue. There'll be another kind of sloppy debate next month, probably with no real winner again. <laughs> I mean, the less can the fewer candidates, the better. Um, but even you know, some. T- I mean, uh, one one uh, like top Republican official was texting me like I've, as like all the crosstalk was going on, and they were just like. Like they're like, I'm I'm pressing one for English. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I bet you, I mean, maybe people tuned in at first, but I bet you there's a huge yeah. drop off in the ratings. Yeah. The word shit show was like texted to me several times. Yeah, no, it was a mess. Let's see. Best takedown, obviously, like that line that Nikki Haley had against Vivek, which is like, I'm you're actually I actually feel like I'm getting stupider listening to you, or I actually feel like I'm getting dumber listening to you. Was that the word? It wasn't even feel. She's like I, she's like, I get dumber every time I listen to you. Yeah. I think that was what it was. And it was int- like, it's in like the- a line I've used on my brother. Yes. <laughs> when he, he was asked about it in, uh, in the spin room and his response was like, no one's ever said that about me before. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, your whole team is out here like trying to convince everyone that you're humble. But that was... Yeah. that was You're just a sweetheart. He clearly was just like thinking about that, like how should I have responded, you know, right. for two Ex- hours. Exactly. Um, I don't think he really got a chance to talk that much this time. He didn't dominate like he did the last time. And it seems like that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moment of the debate. I mean, I do think that that zinger was like 
pretty great. Yeah, it was uh, powerful. I mean, well, it was just, it, and and it also was, because it was also about, like, a broader issue, which is about, about China and, like, TikTok and, you know, his connections to China. So there was, like, substance, it was both was, like, substance and style to the whole, to the whole exchange. Um, but... It also wasn't even like I don't know if any of these moments would have been the top five of the first debate. Yeah, no. The the first debate had more fireworks. Feels like yeah. a million years ago, but it was last month. Yeah, right. I, just, I know. What was your favorite moment? That was the same one for me. I mean, it was so cringy at so many moments that I was just like, "God, stop! I can't anymore." And I, it was. I, the one thing, I, the one criticism I'll give to um, Haley, even though I felt like she had command, I felt like she packed way too much in at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think they all did. I think they like it's good to get like into the nuts and bolts of the policy, but I, I think it got lost a lot as well. I think that they just went. I think that there was a lot packed in there. Um, I mean, you could argue. I mean, it was a more substantive debate it than was. Uh, than the last one, but also, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. How much does that matter in this era of politics and a a debate? Like, debates are so much now about, like, style and, I mean, for better or worse. Well, it's really about style. Like, I think that these debates are really about showing that you could be the person who could take on Trump. Yeah. And, I don't know. And also showing donors that you should get some money. Yes. Which is what they need right now, obviously. I mean, but, but, you know... Ron DeSantis has so much money in the super PAC. He'll probably be around forever. He has like a hundred million dollars in it. You know, actually, he's the one that might not make it to Iowa though, because because his campaign might not have enough money oh. to survive. Like, and I don't know if he's willing to. I mean, the, the super PAC can only do so much. Right? Well, they're doing a lot. They're doing a lot, but I I think you know, given his you know, preference for private planes and everything else. I mean, I think there's... He's if, staying at the Four Seasons. If he has a bed... Yeah. Is he staying at Four Seasons here? I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> and I think if he, you know, if he does not have a good quarter, which we're about to find out, I think the cash crunch is real. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I thought that like Jeff Rowe and the super bus in Iowa were just running the game, like setting up all the events and then doing the mailers, doing all of the on the ground coordination and they could just keep going that way and they just play it all for Iowa. And then, you know. That's true. But he still has a payroll of like 50 people. He still has, there are are some limits of what the super PAC can do. Why do you have to have a payroll of 50 people? Like if Mike Pence is going to be like hobbling along with four people. But yeah. he already fired over a third of the. Of oh, the he doesn't want staff. more process stories. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah, he doesn't yeah, want yeah. more stories like about, how his, team, about how his campaign is anemic and he's running out of cash. Yes. But that's going to happen anyway because those numbers are going to come out soon, the fundraising numbers. Yeah. And it's a downward spiral because the more sto- process stories about how you don't have enough cash means that donors also don't want to give you more cash, which means you have to then have more process stories, hey, you have no cash. And it's just, he might be stuck in that spiral. We're going to find out in the next two or three weeks. And it probably makes more sense for him since he's just such a, like, does it make more sense when you're a young guy to like just drop out early and be like, it's just not my time? Or does it make more sense to keep going? I mean, or is this all about Casey 2028? <laughs> I did love that was I, I love that story that you did about uh, her probably running for governor. Yeah, and then you mean twenty twenty eight for her to run for president for him to run for president twenty twenty eight over too. him. Okay. Yeah, I mean or her. I was joking about. I mean, her. I, I don't think no, it's the last she, time we'll see her in Iowa. No, no, no. I definitely think she's the one with the political career ahead of her, and I think everyone in Florida sees that too. Um, but 
Um, maybe she won't. I think she first has to win. She smiles really well on the debate stage. Yeah, she doesn't need anyone to tell her to smile. <laughs> yeah. Those eyebrows, come on now. Who's not voting for her? Um, yeah, I think I do. I just wonder if like his political career, his future, does, does like dropping out early save his future? Or is that kind of whatever? It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's possible he might not have a choice. I mean, like the, you know, I don't think, uh, um, whatever, Scott Walker. See, I don't remember his name. Scott Walker's career never re- recovered. Right? right, that's true. After 2016. But, you know, Kamala dropped out early and uh, now she's one heartbeat away from the presidency. So Yeah, but I doubt Trump would ever pick uh, DeSantis as his vice president ever. Last oh, person. no. Zero, zero chance because he's disloyal. And he actually said, like he said it tonight at the at the rally. He's like, do you think there's any 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 VP contenders on the stage? I don't think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, Chris Christie, t- Trump truthed about him immediately after. Yeah. <laughs> calling him a bum and saying like he ruined Jersey. And I guess that's good for people in New Hampshire. Like his last plea of like, let's, you know, like we need to... I know the pain you felt of being around Trump. And that helps, I guess, with his standing. They, they really think that he can win New Hampshire. And then I, this is the thing. It's like, it all feels very like, it feels like, the spin room is kind of a funny place because like you're hearing these big dreams and it's like, just don't see it. Yeah. Right? When everyone, everyone's like, well, we, you're like, who won the debate? You're like, we won. So somebody's lying or they're all deluded. I don't know which one. Well, you and have to say you won. I get, I'm, but that's sort of, it, it, it sort of shows like how awful the spin room is as a practice. Like why, why do reporters go to a place where everyone is lying to you? It's gross. That's yeah. why I was like this. I was like, I need to take a small like walk. I did a little hike around here. So it's just like, I know I'm just gonna have a bunch of bullshit fed at me and I need to just keep clear. And also you're hearing it on the stage. You're just trying to like, you know, I know we're talking a lot about like points stylistically, but I do think like it matters probably more than ever before your point stylistically in this um, race because you're taking on a guy, Donald Trump, who's all about style. Policy for him has never been a thing. He changes his mind about policy all the time. And so, like, you have to be able to challenge him on style, really. And I don't think any of them can. Well, I mean, you know, I think in some ways we're just seeing 2016 replay itself over, where you had all these very earnest public servants, uh, you know, ambitious ones and some craven ones, but they were like, and then they got on the debate stage with Donald Trump and like he was playing by a different set of rules. Right. And they were all very confused. And then everyone's like, well, you should drop out. Well, you should drop out. And like, we need to consolidate behind one person. And they couldn't decide who. No, they were and, never and, and they were also like scared of attacking Trump or they all wanted someone else to attack Trump. And we were just the same thing all over again. Okay, biggest Hail Mary. Uh, in the debate or like, what do you in mean? In the debate. Like, who do you um, think took like the longest shot hoping to land the, land the, I mean, D- Doug Burgum, like trying to get noticed, was uh, was a very valiant effort. I would say. I just like okay. There are less. You cannot use North Dakota as an example for healthcare. There are less than a million people that live in North Dakota. I think it's actually seven hundred seventy four thousand. I looked it up. How is that an example <laughs> of how you would run the federal government? It's just not the same thing. It's crazy. Um, but. It, I don't know enough about like the policy topic, but I did, I guess I was just saying like, he really, he, he was relentless about being like, I'm here. 
I'm here. I I'm know. Here. Well, what did what did Dana Perino say? She's like, I will get to you at some point. It was, I promise. I promise I'll get to you. I yeah. promise I'll give you oh, a and question. Then, and then one time when she was introducing the question, she's like, I have a question for you. I promise you're really going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> she said something along those lines. It's, like, it's like you got to be in the spelling bee, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get a chance. We're going to throw an easy one at you. Don't you worry. It's also got to be, I mean, for a guy that's like, you know, created a huge business, is the governor of a small state, but like a state, it's got to be very like humbling to be up there. Is he a billionaire? I think it's been reported he's a billionaire, but I think he's said that like, that's a little distorted. He's only like a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But anyways, it's just got to be very humbling to like be there with his like, like torn ACL, like in a boot. They wheeled him out. Yeah. Trying, (laughs) trying to just be like, Hey, I matter. You know, I just, um, I don't know. That's, that's tough. I think the biggest thing for him that will ever happen is when Eugene Levy plays him on SNL. <laughs> well, the writer strikes over, right? So yeah, we should be able time. to we should be able to see it. And that will be his legacy. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> so I, help him I, God. And Eugene, <laughs> if you're listening. Please, God, yes. Do it for us, okay? That's interesting. Who should all the I'm trying to think of those like other cast who like, who should play Have Nikki they Haley? Cast? Oh, that's a good one. I don't even know the cast that well, the new cast. But like, who, do you know the new cast well? Should no, I, look this up? I don't. I don't. I'm yeah. just trying to think like who. Yeah, DeSantis too. Like, does he get his own character? That would be making it for him, frankly. Oh, who would be? Because that actually builds your profile when you're on, on oh, SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, it builds your profile. Like, does everyone really know who Ron DeSantis is? I feel like the guy um, who does Weekend, Weekend Update not Colin Jost, but uh, the other one should do Tim Scott. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, we we clearly are not up to date enough with SNL cast members. No, it's sad, right? Yeah. The writer's strike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Alex. Always so fun. Love having you on. Maybe we'll be in Miami. Maybe our editors will say, you know what? <laughs> You're not coming back. <laughs> I mean, cl- clearly a lot of people here, like th- there were dozens of empty seats. People like just then pick up their credentials. Editors are just like, we don't want to spend the money. Actually, there were empty seats during the, de- like during the debate too. Did, yeah. did reporters just go out for smokes? Like I, I, for cigarettes? <laughs> like I just, just, I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I take a walk? Yeah. <laughs> I stayed in my seat. Okay. I watched the whole damn thing and I don't know if anyone at home did. We'll see. Yeah. Money well spent, Puck, and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining me for this episode of Somebody's Gotta Win. If you like my reporting, if you want my full analysis, debate wrap up, you know, what everyone's really saying behind the scenes about this debate and how it played out, um, please sign up for my newsletter, The Best and the Brightest at puck.news slash Tara Palmieri. And you can get 20% off with my discount code Tara20. And I will be back next Tuesday. Thanks.